large vacuum mode, clearly on top. Arcadia Queen is running on. 200 to go. Russian Camelot has a race. Arcadia Queen coming at Russian Camelot. Russian Camelot, Arcadia Queen. Arcadia Queen first look at 2000 is going to turn over Russian Camelot. Arcadia Queen a link to the corner. Russian Camelot. I remember watching it back to the this bike might be pretty smart, I think. Nevada Hood and the Autumn Sun goes for the lead at the 200 metres, put down a length and a half, two lengths, Vaseline, and extends the Autumn Sun, three or four lengths in front, and Syrian racehorse, the Autumn Sun, blazes in spring, bumps in six lengths. G'day legends, welcome back to another episode of the Second Again Racing Podcast. Jackson, you're next to me brother, how are you? Good to be back mate, uh, obviously a sort of tough run the last two weeks. I did get down to Flemington on Saturday though, which was Crook. good fun. Crook, Went down for the day, no stopovers, um, straight <laughs> in and out, it was essentially a hit and run. So that was a good day, shout out to Uncle Steve who went down with me, it was, a, it was an awesome day mate, how about you? Uh, yeah, I went out to the track on the weekend, I didn't have a great day to be honest, it was okay. a good day with the group I was with, mm. which was fun, mm. got pretty pissed, yep. to be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's what you're going to do, you know? Like, oh. it's, what, you go three or four, you know, races without a win, you go, okay, it's not going to be my day. No. Nah. You, you turn to the source. <laughs> and we backed the first winner as well, so I was thinking, geez, we're looking good here. I think I ran second in the next race, and then from there onwards, it was it was a, it was carnage. Mm. Um, we ran, we won, had two winners on the weekend, um, followed by eight seconds. So we did speak about the podcast um, during the week. We spoke that, about a lot of each way chances that mm. we liked. Mm-hmm. Guys, if you did play each way, you actually probably have ended up on top. To oh, be fair. comfortably, comfortably. If you've done your your four one plays or your three two plays, what I mean by that is four units to place, one unit to win, and so on and so forth. That's the long play. Yep. That's the long-term play. That's how you get ahead in this game. If you're backing everything on the nose all the time, you will not win every every single week. Probably a few races to go through. We obviously had the three group ones up in Sydney, um, and then we had the, the one group one in Melbourne. First thing I want to say as well, how nice was it to see a track play evenly in oh. Sydney? Oh, incredible. And Flemington, and, likewise. Yeah. It's like headquarters, you always expect that, so fair enough. But with the weather we've had the last probably six months in Sydney... You just don't, you don't know what you're going to get. Never. Even this weekend, we're looking ahead going, are we going to get a fucking meeting? Are we even going to get a meeting in at all, let alone an even fair meeting? So oh. it was good. Um, you know, th- there was money to be made, and I hope some of the punters came out on top and they got something to play with this week. So group ones, in terms of that, let's start with, we'll go with the flight to start. Yep. Okay. And obviously, Zoo Gotcha, just superb. The form was there. The yeah. writing was on the wall. $4.20. Yeah. Probably seemed a little bit stupid to not be tipping it considering our mm-hmm. tip was Madame Pomery. Mm-hmm. Um, class. She's just too tough. Like, just puts herself near the speed, any conditions, she'll kick away and give a massive sight. And she did just that on the weekend. She was rock hard fit, given an absolute peach by J-Mac. Just too good. And the slipper burden of... These two-year-old horses, <sighs> it continues on, doesn't it? Fireburn, the wheels were spinning at the 300 yeah. and she was no chance. Yes, it, it, Fireburn's a strange one because the, the slipper is not only just the, the three-year-old campaign, but the following uh, races in the two-year-old yes. campaign. She did come out and win that size race and was very close to winning the champagne, the triple crown. So you have to pay some level of respect to her. The market absolutely loved her on the weekend and wanted didn't to be they? with her. They slammed her. She was almost odds-on at stages, so... 
Yes, disappointing run, but I don't want to hop off that horse if there's more to come this prep, or if not, just you know send her out for a spell and we'll see her next. For sure, it'll be interesting to see if Zoo Gotcha and um, the Waller Camp decide to take her down for a thousand guineas. Mm. Seems silly not to. I, yeah. don't, I don't know. Oh, you, you you would suspect that that she you know goes well at the mile now. She's obviously been tried up there and. It's a different form line, and most often you see the Sydney form line stand up, especially coming over for the top-level group ones. For sure. Um, and that, that meeting's obviously on a Wednesday now as well, so yep. that's next Wednesday, which is another excuse to... <laughs> it's spring. It's spring. Like, you turn up, you see races at Flemington on a Sunday, or, you know, you've got the Friday night Mooney Valley now, which is fantastic <laughs> and dangerous, mind you. Very dangerous. It's a sign of spring. It's the best time of year to be a punter. Um, the next was the Epsom, and it's probably one of the most peculiar happenings that I've ever seen for a Group 1 race or a race of the stature of the Epsom. Mm. Going into the race, there wasn't a clear winner for us. We liked top-ranked a little bit. We spoke about him on the podcast, yep. worried about the conditions. Yep. We ended up with a dead heat. Yeah, I just want to start by saying, Ned, I apologise to you. I apologise to the punters. I apologise to anyone that followed us into the, into the horse. Ice bath is gone. Gone. She's in the bin. I saw she was after the race. I think it was either sports bet or tab, one of the two. Might have been, even been both. Put her up as favourite for the next, I can't remember which the next group one the is. The invitation down, or something. One of those. I think, yeah, invitation might be the one. Put her up as favourite after that fucking performance. She's gone. She can win with, She might win the next five starts and I will not be on any single one of them. I'm gone. Do you guys reckon Jacko's had a play? Anyway, <laughs> if any group one... Time-honoured Group 1 like the Epsom deserved a dead heat. It was this one. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, I don't want to knock any of the horses, but what we've seen in the Epsom in the past was not what we saw on the weekend. Um, but look, Ellsberg, to be able to come out and essentially win, not, I say win, it was a dead heat. Come out and win an Epsom is a pretty representation of what we saw in the weekend. Yeah. So top-ranked, great horse. We followed it through the way, but to start $4.50 or four sixty in an Epsom, Ice Bath to be the favourite, it, it's said enough. They're talking Cox Plate now with top ranked, which is also really interesting. On top of the ground, he's a really, really class animal. Yep. I just don't know if he goes any good on bottomless tracks mm. or a tight turning track like Mooney Valley. It's such a challenge, especially for horses that haven't seen Mooney Valley before. You see it time and time again. It just claims victims. Um, the final group one in Sydney, that was the group one Metrop. Yep. And again, our staying ranks just aren't... Great, and that's why you see these five or six horses all finish within another line mm. together. But no compromise. I've got to put my hat off to Tommy Berry. He copped a check. I can't remember who was riding the one in front. I think it was James McDonald was in front of him on La Donde V. Mm-hmm. Copped a little check. He had to clip off heels and come around the outside, and no compromise has one of the best last 200-meter finishes yeah. you'll see. Yeah, riding was on the wall. You saw the, the money came late for that runner, and uh, I happened to be on with uh, old Uncle Steve as well. So no, another <laughs> shout out. We're on track at Flemington. We're up at the top level up there and making oh, a bit of noise. So nice. that was uh, that was a good moment, especially when the photo came up. But you didn't know, did you? It was like almost another dead heat straight after the Epsom, which was incredible. But uh, yeah, you, you, you touched on it beautifully. 200 metres in a staying race, it's no compromise. Like There's not many other horses that can match him at the, at the back end of those staying trips. He just conserves the energy beautifully. Tommy Berry almost missed the run. Went back to the inside, which in fairness was the inferior ground, but the horse still managed to get up and he timed the run beautifully. Last race I want to touch on in Sydney, um, sorry to spring you here, but uh, the Lost and Running Marzu race, I think you should touch on. We obviously gave Marzu a massive push. He was really tough again. On face value, you go, okay, they've finished in a a line. You've got Mars Crusader up up along the fence. 
uh, lost him running, had the suck run in transit, never looked like losing, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, there's just nature strip. It's the only horse that can win this Everest. I think so. You made me very interested, and I think we might touch on this horse next, Private Eye. You made me very interested in, in uh, mentioning that that horse got a slot, which I didn't know till we just spoke before. But in terms of this race, I couldn't find any excuses for Mazu. He ran well. He ran up to his mark. He was beaten by a better horse yep. and a better ride on the day by Hugh Bowman. The price w- wasn't there for Lost and Running. It's not as if he was seven, eight dollars and we missed the price. He was two thirty. Absolute peach from Bowman. Followed Mazu everywhere he went. Clipperton just had no choice but to sit box seat like he always does, and and the horse just couldn't match Lost and Running over the last three hundred. That horse will only improve as well, which is the scary part about mm. Lost and Running. He's a sleeper for the Everest in mine. Same as Mars Crusader, though. Like, I thought he Big was run. brutally good. Big like, run, yeah. Up along the fence. Yeah, I actually thought another 50 metres, lost and running in Marzu, probably finished third and fourth, to be honest. But that's sort of Marston running's pattern, isn't it? Yes. He always gets back near last and finishes in that matter. He's got an awesome last 400 on him, especially over these sprint, uh, sprint trips. The Hawks have said the whole campaign... They're only setting him for one race, so you have to think there's more left in the tank. Yeah, and it's a bloody exciting run into it. Um, we go down south where you were. You were trackside, obviously, uh, down there for Swiss. Mm. Um, we had the Group 1 Turnbull, which is always a really, really fascinating race. It's always a lead-up for Cox Plates, Caulfield Cups and the like, and there's a lot of horses that we can maybe follow in behind. Um, the winner, Smokin' Romans, I could not believe it. I was actually sitting there with a few mates, and at the 300 metres mark when Smokin' Romans hit the front, they were cheering on their horses, and I said, Smokin' Romans is going to win the Turnbull. Mm. Smokin' Romans is going to win the Turnbull. Smokin' Romans is going to win the Turnbull. Pretty scary, isn't it? Horses like Winx have come and won this race in recent years, and then you see Smokin' Very Romans elegant. come through. It just shows you where we're at at the moment in the middle distance trips, and it's fucking scary, if you ask me, but... No knocks to anyone. Ethan Brown, excellent ride. Kieran Maher and Eustace, all conquering. Just freaks. Absolutely all conquering. Any group one, it, it, another week goes by, it's another two or three group ones at this time of year with them. They are just freaks. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was a, a very fascinating race. Um, in behind, really interesting one for me. I know you hate when I talk futures, but mm-hmm. the punters like it. The yep. punters like a futures bet. Yeah. Now, this horse is the 28th horse in the ballot at the moment for the Caulfield Cup. There's only 30 left. Um, so he's got four four horses need to come out of it. This horse is $101 on the tab at the moment, and it's a horse called Luncey's. Oh, no. I know. Oh, I know. No. Coming out of this race, a set weight and penalties. I'm not saying the horse can win. Oh, no. I'm not saying the horse can win. He's $101 at the moment. He gets in the Caulfield Cup with 50. The horse was a really good run on the weekend. He matched motors with Inspirational Girl, and I thought she was a really nice run as well. Mm. I'm not saying have your house on this thing, but if he gets a run, I'm going to have something small. Okay, fair enough. Look, <laughs> I, in my opinion, the horses that any horse that comes out of that race, regardless of their run, will not be challenging the best runners in the Caulfield Cup. Well, in, Smoke and Rose is $4 favourite. Scary. Scary so, surely there's something coming from overseas. I I've don't seen think them, so. I've seen two or three stepping off the floats. I don't know where they're stepping out in terms of their prep runs. You always see maybe five or six come over. Um, I did see that um, uh, O'Brien didn't send any over this year, so mm. that's very, very interesting. Uh, but surely there's something coming from overseas to challenge our lot. Two uh, Everest slots have been confirmed. We've got Private Eye has been confirmed. Snap Dancer comes out of the Everest. We've also got Giga Kick. Um, what did you make of Giga Kick? Because I think we've had differing opinions here. Oh, look, in fairness, I thought it was a big run. I know that when you look at it from face value, Bonus Notches was the flashing run home and 
you know, probably had the better last 150 to 200. Giga Kick was ridden upside down by Craig Williams. And the horse does not, well, doesn't enjoy that. Doesn't enjoy being up near the speed, especially on a hot speed, which it was. Duel and Swiss Exile set a pretty even tempo, or, or pretty hot tempo for that matter. And the horse just kept kicking away and held off Bonasnotchus over the concluding stages. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a massive run and absolutely arrogant from Craig Williams. And you know that's the opinion he's got of that horse. Already booked for the Everest as well. Yeah. They knew something before stepping in on Saturday that we didn't. And, you know, the market did. eighty, I think it was. Yeah, eighty five. Yeah. Very, very good win. I know Bonasnotchus was the flashing light. Giga Kick was the better run for mine. Yeah. And then Private Eyes in. Um, I know you've got an opinion of this horse. We tipped him at $9 and he jumped $4.60 on track. It was just literally one-way traffic. It, if the if the race had been delayed three more minutes, he might have jumped $3.50. So yeah. it was just... Th- this was, numbers and figures-wise, this was the best of the day by a long margin. Joe Pride came out during the week and said, we're not running this horse over a mile anymore. We're not doing it. I think he's an Epson or a Doncaster winner, one of the two. Yeah, he is. One of the two. He's over a mile. <laughs> the opinion they have of this horse to drop it back to 1,200 first up and just go, you know what, we'll get a win. We'll get a win first up. This was the classic example, and we talked about that Bobby Lewis, which was the lead-up run for most of those runners came yep. out of, was a shit race. Shocking. Once It's Our Time got scratched at the, at the barriers, the only other horse that didn't come out of that race was Private Eye. There was no other option you could possibly have. It's Our Time was our other selection. The race got scratched. Yep. What do you do? You go head... Fucking head first, chips in into private eye, bang. Josh Parr gets out at the 400 metres and oh, it was good, good night. Can I, can I say, once the horse got out at the four 300 metres, I don't want to sound arrogant, but my uncle and I started celebrating. Yeah. We were going off. It was berserk. <laughs> but the horse was, I think, 5.50 at jump that and we tipped it at nine. So hopefully the punters got on earlier in the day. Lot to dissect from the weekend. It was a bloody good weekend and I'm absolutely on the toe for the weekend that Caulfield has dished up. Look, yep. we're going to go through... Pretty much every race at Caulfield, um, it's looking at the moment like it's going to be a soft five, soft six range. I yep. know they're expecting some rain down there. Um, have we got any mail on what the rail might be doing? It'll yep. be in the true, won't it? Yeah, I do. It's true the entire. Yep. Uh, it was six metres out when they raced there three weeks ago. They have had a good little break and it looks like we're going to get a break in the weather as well. So I think at worst you're going to get soft five and I am expecting it. Maybe I'm more hopeful than expecting for the for the track to play even and every horse to get their chance. I was going to say, err on the side of leaders. Mm-hmm. Caulfield usually does dish that up, especially six back into the true. That's going to be fresh ground. Yeah. So you definitely want to be, oh, like any race meeting, you want to be near the pace. Yeah. Let's kick it off, brother. Let's do Let's it. Do Let's it. enjoy. Um, so race two will start it. So 1,400 metres. It's the big screen company, Weekend Hustler. What a horse this animal was. Um 1400 so $2.70, top of the markets, Old Flame with Cardinal Gem at 550 Purple Sector 6 with Jimmy the Bear at 8s. Regards Marie's 11s, our old mate uh, Asar is there, the quivering, quivering cat at 15s. <laughs> <laughs> Not an options, 19s, and then the rest are all 20s plus. I don't like any down the bottom there. We go head-to-head here, which is mm-hmm. something I love doing. Yeah. Not because I want to bet, bet, beat you or anything like that. Yep. It's just good for the listeners. It's good for the punters, mate. We don't sit here and stroke each other off the whole podcast, <laughs> which is great. Oh, don't we? Well, yeah, anyway. <laughs> just, just before we touch on this race, you mentioned Weekend Hustler. They're, since they've brought in group racing in Australia, there's only four horses that have won more than five group ones. Okay. Winx, Black Caviar, Kingston Town, Weekend Hustler. Wow. So that's the level this horse is at, one of the most underrated horses of all time. Mm. So at least they've got a, uh, what is this, a group two? 
Yep. Listed race. Listed race <laughs> fucking named after They couldn't do any better for the old for the old bugger. That's all. <laughs> maybe uh maybe in a few years we'll see a group two next to this uh, uh race's name. In terms of the map, open minded and Imperial Lad will both roll forward. Asar, our favourite horse, oh. second favourite behind Big Boy Roy, goes forward with Morvada. They're the first four in running. Jimmy the Bear's another horse that's shown a bit of tactical speed in the past before and can't be far away. Your selection in this race, Old Flame, has drawn perfectly. You would think that they would be no more than, say, three to four pairs back. I'm hoping so. Yeah, it's only a 12-horse field. You'd probably want them to be no further back than, say, seventh or eighth. Yep. The one that I'm keen on, though, is Cardinal Gem. Has drawn the car park, does come out of the inferior form lines. I concede both. But at the price, it's around $5.50 to $6 at the moment, depending on where you're shopping. The last start was exceptional. Did not beat much that day. It was a couple of Sundays ago at Flemington. Best last 600 of the day. Got flushed out to the wider parts of the track. Got in an absolute duel with one of the horses on the inside. I believe it was a Moroni horse. Copped interference for about 100 metres. Then levelled up and was absolutely hopeless at the 400 and bombed them. And won easily in the end. It was a length and a half in the end, probably more. One eased down as it should. I concede it was a very, very uh, inferior field compared to this. So it should have done that. It did what it had to. It now steps back up in grade. Not well treated at the weights, I would say, because there's only sort of four kilos between the top weight and it. So that's probably the other thing going against it. I just think um, they'll get out the back. Mick D will give it its chance. They'll, they'll get out to the hopefully the wider parts of the track where it's not inferior this week at Caulfield. And if they're making up ground, this is the one for me. I oppose ya. I'm on Old Flame. Um, definitely the obvious one, probably in the race. I, I do concede that. Look, he's run second behind Surf Dancer, and the the horse in third was Ellsberg. Despite what you think of the Epsom, I think it is a very good form race for a race like this. Um, that was on wet ground. I love that they're trying to avoid the wet ground and come down to Melbourne. That was 1,500. We're back to 1,400. And you could say that Old Fame probably peaked on its run. Mm-hmm. Um, this is third up now. He's going to get a lovely trail in behind the speed from gate four. And I just see him winning. I just, I don't know. I really like him. He's Good horse. Good one, horse. Of my, one of my best on the card at Caulfield for sure. Early market confidence there as well for that horse. Um, race three. It's the Minari Metals Thoroughbred Club Stakes. It's over 1,200 metres. English Riviera is six dollars. Uh, very open market here. Kin six dollars as well. We troach at eight fifty. Nanagai nines. Hellhound ten dollars. Sest Magic is tens. Uh, Sweeten We Nessie are both twelves with Lady Laguna. Um, Chalante or Chalant is nineteens with Mumbai Jewel at twenties and a couple more down there. That's this is the second tier of fillies, I believe. I would agree with that sentiment. In, as far as the map goes, English Riviera and Lady Laguna go forward. I would probably say that Lady Laguna being drawn on the inside of the main speed influences, she probably leads this up. They've booked Tim Clark as well. Mm. So that's intent for me. We spoke about that pre-podcast. Tim Clark is one of the best front-running jockeys in the country, if not the best. If not the best, yeah. We saw it in Alligator Blood. You can go on and on about some of his best rides, and he just knows the sectionals back to front. So... Excellent booking there for that horse. I think that'll go forward and lead this up. English Riviera probably on the, on its outside. Troach and Ladunsu Rouge, I'll go with that. Yep. Are uh, the next two in running. Bit of a mess uh, further back from there in terms of where they're going to get to. 16 runners. Also a bit of a mess from a market and a betting perspective as well. It all depends on which form lines you want to take. So Lady Laguna, Troach, that form is, is one side of it. And English Riviera as well comes out of that same race. That's one side. And then you've got the Cest Magic and Nanagai race. Those are probably the two main races that I'm looking at. 
between the two, I'm leaning towards that one up the straight where Cess uh, Magic and uh, Nanogai Quenelled it. Yep. They both ran super closing splits. Between the two, you'd have to say that Nanogai was the better run. Did have the drop on Cess Magic that day and, and probably gets a, a similar setup here. But I just think at this stage, no bet for me. I'd have to see hopefully a pattern in the first two to be able to have a punt. In all, in all fairness, I'm probably not having a bet. Um, I like two. I'm going to go with Nanogai on top. I can't believe they've thrown up nine, ten dollars here. Um, brings nice form into the race. I love that Moody's just said, look, he's prob- this probably isn't our thousand guineas horse. Mm. She flies over 1200. That seems to be her trip. Let's just keep her there. I think that she's got a really good opportunity to take care of a pretty similar field. Um, ten dollars is a fine price. I think she'll start a little bit shorter. I wouldn't be surprised. And then Troach is the other one. So obviously coming out of, Zoo gotcha sort of form lines, which you tie in with Queen of the Ball. These are this is all winning form lines, and Troach was obviously fantastic at the Valley last start as well. So they're the two you can play both. So if you just if you're thinking about having a little play for the race and you wanted to play a couple, you can have your twenty five each way on both horses and hopefully get a result. Race four, the Ned's Village Stakes. It's for our twelve hundred meter runners again. So a couple of short trips to start things off. Gravina, open market again, $5. Thus after a really impressive win at the Valley, jumps from 14 and is $5. Prince of Booms, nines with triple missile at nines as well. Curran, 950. Then we got double figures. So Nicolino Vito is 10s. Pintoff, 16s with Frankie Pino at 17s with Amish Boy. Second slip, 21s. Crosshaven, 26. And you got a couple more down the bottom, about 50s and more. Mm. Got an open field here. And should we make mention as well? I just, I should have mentioned this earlier. McDonald James, James mm. McDonald, he's come down to Melbourne for the week. And he's got an excellent book of rides, mind you, and a bit of a strange one this week because Brett Preble's gone the other way. Mm. Uh, who was the other one? Ben Mellom, I saw, went the other way as well. Has a couple of key rides in Sydney. Uh, and who else came down? Well, TC, we just touched on as well, yep. comes down for a couple of rides as well. So very interesting this week to see where the jockey bookings have headed. But J-Mac's got an awesome book this week, fucking hell. We're going to touch on his um, excellent chances later in the card. Mostly are in the feature races, which, which he always yes, tends, tends to dominate. <laughs> Take so, your pick, James. Absolutely. As far as the map for this race, Pintoff has got a nice inside gate and should go forward. Crosshaven is first up and has a bit of speed. I'm not sure where the intent's going to be at with them. We'll have to see. Prince of Boom is nice and fit now, rock hard fit. Got the residual fitness from that Queensland prep and had a few runs in Melbourne now. We'll roll forward. And second slip is also drawn towards the inside. Can't be far away. This one was a little bit difficult for me in terms of looking around and finding value. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't too keen on the two Godolphin runners here. Zethus, I thought Jamie Carr gave an absolute peach to when it was uh, went past Clemenceau that day. One of the nicest rides you've ever seen. Painless. If you were on that day, it was around $9, $10. In fairness, Clemenceau is a very nice horse, but I'm going to oppose that form because I just thought it had the absolute gun run and it would get the opposite run here. It's drawn out. There's you know, half-decent speed on. I don't imagine it getting any sort of box seed run like it did last start and a much bigger field and more quality here. That's enough for me to look around. Also, Gravina. 10 starts on a dry track. I anticipate it to be a dry track. No wins. For a horse that's of decent quality, like we know the quality this horse has, to have 10 starts and no wins on a dry track is a concern for me. Yeah. You'd think it'd have its, have its chance to sort of win there, but it must want a heavy deck, this horse. So I, that's enough to oppose it for me as well. What I am doing here is going ahead with Curran. Mm. So Matty Cartwright's on this thing. He does stick with this horse. So, uh, third up this week, it has had a little bit of a layoff uh, off a sort of winter campaign. So it does have residual fitness coming through. Was slashing first up in behind them and then went to 
uh, second up and went back to the inferior ground at Caulfield and finished off really, really nicely there. I thought it was a very, very good run. We're looking at $9 and $3 to place this week. So that's enough for me to get half interested. I know you're keen on one at odds as well, but that was a horse that I thought had very, very good closing splits in its last two and suggests that it's up to this 1,200 metre trip now that it steps up in distance. Nicolino, Nicolino Vito. Now, this horse has been severely under the odds at most of its starts, and we finally get, as you would say, a digestible price. <laughs> we get 10 bucks. Um, look, he peaked on the run second up, and that was over 1400 I absolutely love that the Hayes boys have gone up. Well, let's take you back to 1,200 metres. Yep. That race, mind you, wish I wish I win one. Mm. Gentleman Roy ran in behind them second, and we were a length away in third. Yeah, well. behind uh, third, fourth behind Gentleman Roy. Yeah, um, that's nice form. Gentleman Roy's come out and franked that by winning and knocking off horses like Pinstriped. Um, I love the way that this race sets up for the horse in a pretty open market with a few question marks around the favourites. We get fifty-four kilos, gate six. When a couple of the ones in the market have drawn the car park. I just think that it's a really nice each way bet. So Nicolino Vito and Craig Williams also another massive tick, you know. Definitely. And Craig Williams hops off Gravina to ride this runner as well, so that's a key jockey booking. Race five, the Herbert Power, it's always a key lead up to Caulfield Cups and Melbourne Cups. And um, the last few years we've seen horses just take off at the five hundred and mm. try and hang on for dear life. Um we got Saracen Knight, top of the market, uh, $3.90, Desert Icon coming down, um, is J-Mac for his first probably in-market play here, $5 with Persan at $7.50, Regal Lions $8 with Emissari $9, um, Point Nepean's $9.50 as well, Shiraz 13s with Macram at 15s, he's back out in the market, Macram, <laughs> he went 22s and won, yep. came $3, ran 5th, and now he's back out to 15s. So Can I just gonna... say... 20s, second again, boys were on. Comes into threes or 250, whatever it started at. Leave him alone. See ya. Uh, Grand Promenade 23s with Charbo at 26, one of the West horses that's come over. And Harmissian at $34 with a few at the bottom. Um, look, not an exciting race, but I think you can find some value in it. Yeah, none of these staying races are exciting in fairness, and we've had a, a lot to say about where we've, the stays are at. We probably have clipped the, st- the of, stays a bit, haven't we? It's one of the mainstays of the Second Again podcast is just tearing shreds out of our Australian <laughs> stays. So, guys, uh, O'Brien, Joseph Aiden, anyone overseas, fucking please send them over. Just we're bring tired, them. We're tired of watching this. One that has a bit of class... <laughs> Um, I'll touch on the map first anyway, and then I'll, I'm getting, getting too excited here anyway. <laughs> Point Nepean uh, is going to roll forward here as well. Saracen Knight, not too far away. Desert Icon has drawn the inside as well. Scratch from last week. Um, not sure if it's going to get this trip, so maybe they might ride it a little bit colder to try and get the full trip here. I've got that horse pinned as a 2,000-meter horse at absolute max, so interesting to see the tactics there from that inside gate. It does tend to draw well. J-Mac booked as well. So you'd have to say they're going to be at least first two or three pairs. Good idea is not too far away as well. Not an overly uh, class, you know, depth race as far as the stayers go, but one that I think does have a class edge on this lot is Point in the Pen. Mm. Came first up and the market absolutely smashed it first up. I think it was $3.50 or something in a very similar event to what we're seeing here. Absolutely no favours in the run. Set outside the lead, was very brave up until about the 200 and the condition just gave way. That was a swoopers race, high emotion won that race and set off the speed and all the swoopers just came straight past them on that day. So for me, I'm going to forgive that run. It was just a a run to get fitness in the legs and allow him to then build through the prep second up. This horse won the Andrew Ramsden last prep, so it's already got its ticket into the Melbourne Cup. They don't need to win this, but I think it's got the class to just come and pick this up on the way. It's not going to be 100% wound up fitness-wise, 
but they're going to sit just outside the lead. It won't be any sort of ballistic tempo. They'll all get their chance. I think this is the one from a class edge for me, and I hope it's fit enough second up to be able to get this done around the $10 mark as well. So that's a huge price for me for a horse that's got a definite class edge on this lot. The one I touched on as well is Desert Icon. I'm interested to see where they go in terms of that gate, if they're going to be positive and potentially even lead if they want to be really aggressive. My only question marks are the trip around this horse, but yep. I love the booking of J-Mac. If anyone's going to get a horse to run 2,400, it's Chris Waller. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't mind Persan. It's it's a, probably a non-bet for me, but look, they find Damien Lane here with Persan. He was a really good run second up behind Desert Icon, and they absolutely walked for the first three quarters of that race. Um, he was held up for a run around the turn at the Valley. Just couldn't get the revs up, and he's a horse that probably needs 400 metres to start winding up. Finally comes to a trip where he's a bit more suited. And obviously last year, we know what he did in that Cups campaign. He was super. So I think $7.50 is probably the, it's probably the right price in this race. Um, but I think he's the play for me. I think he's one of the better winning chances. Um, I love the booking of Frosty. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen Frosty ride this thing. So. No, no, very interesting. Is he another horse that's into the Cup as well? I'd imagine he's yeah. probably got a ballot already. Yeah, he's ballot exempt, I'm pretty sure, okay. in both Cups as well. There you so go. Yeah. Um, he was he was a really good run second up. At first glance, you're going to go, he was five lengths behind Desert Icon. Nick, what the actual fuck are you talking about? But he was literally held up for a run. Um, he's just a horse that needs revs, and I think Caulfield's going to suit him much better than the tight-turning Mooney Valley. For sure. Race six. Lips. Loving this. Mm. Watering. Yeah. There's one horse. We'll get to it. <laughs> it's the Scalacci. Um, it's actually an interesting race because do you get... Is this a race in the lead up for an Everest traditionally the last few years? Has a winner come out of it and traditionally got a slot? Oh, that's a good question. I know I'm testing you there, yeah, but I'm pretty sure oh. that in the last few years, the winner of this race has gone on to earn a slot. I know that, well, I know that Nature Strip has run in this race. I don't know if it was last year or a couple of years back. He might have already had a slot. I would say he would. Um, yeah, you tested me, mate. Sorry. <laughs> well, anyway, it's over 1100 It's worth 300 grand, and I dare say that the winner of this race will most likely be getting a slot. Well, anyway. how many slots are left? So, Privatise has been picked up. Then we, we spoke about this last week. I believe there was nine or ten last week. So, there might only be one left. Yeah, it could be one or two. I know Godolphin still have... Um, one left, and I dare say James Harron probably has one left as well. He always hangs on. Hangs on he might wait until next year. Yeah. We might have 11 runners. Yeah, you'll still find a way to earn a million dollars from it, even if he doesn't run. Um, Paul Ailey's $2.60 top of the market with Zoo Style at 480 Queen of the ball, there's been some money early. This is 6 into 480 Ingratiating at 7s. Then you got doubles in the boat, 11s. General Bow, 13s. Express Pass first up, 21s. With Oxley Road and Shelby down the bottom. One-way traffic for me. Go through the speed map, and then we'll chat about Paul. In the boat, Queen of the Ball and Zoo Style are the three that have genuine speed. They're going to make this a, a very, very fast contest. Hot. Very hot. So Oxley Road's drawn inside as well. They can boot up and be close. Paul Laley, the big Paul, probably oh, three Paul. pairs back. Probably three pairs back. Hopefully not on the fence, but it probably will be in fairness. So it's going to take a good ride from J-Mac to get out. And we're also hoping by this stage of the day that the inside track is okay. I would say it is, like I said, about three weeks off this this it'll kick. Be, it'll be perfect. Hopefully it's lush. Hopefully all horses are getting their chance because if that's the case, Paul Lally's your winner. Oh. This horse comes out of the A1 form lines, went first up in the Moyer. Excellent run. The last 100 was electric. 
basically matched Bella Nipotina for her late splits coming home, and we saw how visually slashing Bella Nipotina was. Yep. Coolingate obviously won the race, but Paul Alley just got lost around the valley, as horses can do, so just got lost around the turn. By the time that horse balanced up, it was all too late, but the late work through the line was exceptional. Oh, cream, and, cream. And this is his race, in my opinion. They've found J-Mac, he comes over, he, he, straight away he would have been booked for this horse. He maps very, very well, and the Mazu form from last prep just ties him absolutely into this with an absolute knot. There's no other horse, and I know we were trying to go around with value with the previous races. We're going straight back this one. Paul Lally's the one. Yeah, just wins. Uh, couldn't make any ground up that night of the Moya. You can see with um, Coolangatta, she, she just held on. The the, the track pattern f- was straight in that horse's favour. Mm. Paul Ailey's last 200 was just slashing. And Although you look at it and you go, all right, ran six, was it that good? Yeah, it was that good. It ran six, but that's that's with all conditions against it, uh, him. 1100 Caulfield, this is a winning chance. There's going to be a seriously hot speed here as well. Yeah, and you look at around, like Queen of the Balls, Zoo Style are both going forward. I think that's a disadvantage this week because of this speed that's on. Queen of the Balls won a far inferior race that Troach uh, and Lady Laguna, some of these horses come out of. Yes, it won easily, but that's not the form you want to be with, especially when Paul Alley turns up here. Zoo Style is the one I can get interested in, but up to 1100 now, often 1000 metres where it was paddling towards the end. <laughs> Horse with class, but you have to say Paul Alley's the one. Um, and I dare say, comes out and wins, will get a slot. I think he's their top seed. So this is the one you've got pinned for the Godolphin This slot. is my Godolphin horse okay. to the Everest. Yeah, I don't think... I think that. With 1200s, he's genuine go. Like 1200s, top of his trip. Well, that, that's his only knock here. The only knock here is if it's not a leader's track, right? If he uh, needs the 1200 and he's still getting wound up like we saw first up, Maybe they're just saving him for an Everest. Maybe maybe James Cummins sitting back laughing at us dickheads on the podcast going, oh, you guys taking 215. I've already taken 25s in the Everest. <laughs> Hasn't announced the slot yet. Oh, and well could have. Um, I want to make mention to one just because if he does run a place or something, I'll be sick. Express pass. This horse has a really nice record. He's $21. I don't think I don't see him as a winning chance because I only see one winning chance in the race. Wouldn't be surprised if it fills a placing. Has a really nice record um, yep. first up and seven starts, two wins and five placings yep. first up. Yet to miss the drum first up. I'm of the opinion that the horse needs Flemington, but small field, he's at a big price. He might be able to sneak in somewhere. It is prelim final week, my friends, and there's very good reason as to why I announced that prior, this ra- prior to this race. The old Caulfield Stakes, some absolute superstars have won the race. It's now called the Ned's Might and Power. It's over 2,000 and it is literally, it's it's basically opening the curtains for the Cox Plate. Yep. That's what it is. It's the prelude. Animo, top of the market, $2.40. I love saying his name. You've jumped on board now, haven't you? Oh, my dear. I, I wish I'm we with could, you. mid-podcast, I wish we could pull up some old audio of you giving me shit every time I've declared him. I, I, I like him. I love him. <laughs> I love this guy too. I I'll like tell him. you what, he'll, we'll miss him when he's gone. This guy still has his crown jewels. He's not gonna. He's not gonna race for another four or five years, guys. This is it. What we see from him this prep is likely the last prep we'll see. Maybe one more prep next autumn. Enjoy while he's here. I don't mean to quote someone, but I am going to. The so you think of our generation is mm. Bruce McAvaney's words, and okay. I think it's very close to the truth. Mm-hmm. Zaki four eighty. I'm thunderstruck. Six dollars. Alligator blood. Six dollars. Then double figures. So Richie Moongas twelves. Mister Brightside fifteens with Richie Benno. Two Richies. Non-conformist. That, just, sorry, before, before you go on, Richie Benno, can we, I don't think we touched on him last oh. week. He was going to win that Metro. Can we agree on that? Mate, he would have won it by six. Okay. I back no compromise in the end, so I'm not 
you know, holding any grudges. But if I'm an owner of the Benno horse, I am. That horse is going to turn up and win with three legs. I know. Leg in the air would have won. What did they do to him? They, they gave some illicit substance to him or something. Yeah, so Moody's accidentally given him medication. O'Shea? O'Shea. Sorry, o- O'Shea. I got mixed. Two big ball blokes. Um, <laughs> he's accidentally given him some medication that is not legal. And now they turn him up here, still at 2,000 metres. Seven on, days later. <laughs> seven days later on arguably the, the hardest and toughest race of the entire year. It's it's obviously Caulfield Cup. That's the only thing I could say is Caulfield Cup. What I do know is fucked his prep. I'll tell you where he'll be running. I don't think he'll be running in the top couple in this race because this is wait for age and we've got superstars absolutely everywhere. Jackson, I don't even know where to start with this race. Like All these horses have met once. They met in the Underwood and we saw what happened there. Alligator Blood held on for dear life while the others sort of, as he said before, paddled behind him. There's one horse bringing different form lines, and that's Animo. Mm. I I just can't I can't get off him. There's reasons to not be with him, but oh yeah. Just, well, you, do you know what? We we have a joke about it, but you never know. Benno might be juiced up to the ice balls and just give him windburn at the at the <laughs> two three hundred. He might still have whatever they've put in his system. He might still have it going, mate. He, he just might go straight past it. Bit them. of Viagra, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> bloody hell. Anyway, in terms of the map, Alligator Blood, Zaki roll forward, similar to what we saw last time out in the Underwood over yep. 1,800. You'd say these would be the first to win running. Mr. Brightside, I'd like to see them more positive this time, a little bit more aggressive. If they're really serious about getting this horse to a cox plate and being a genuine chance, they've got to make a statement here. That's the horse that I think does have intent in this field. For the rest of them, it's more or less a semi-final, straight into the cox plate. Yep. And we spoke about that in the Underwood a couple of weeks back. Those horses weren't set for that race, so who was coming to play? At the end of the day, Alligator Blood was the one. Yeah. They booked Tim Clark. The riding was on the wall. There was question marks around the trip. Got it beautifully. And, you know, we talk about juice. Gain, Adrian. You've got to stop saying that. Anyway, he'll go forward and prove hard to run down again. I, I can't knock him over 2,000 now off last start because we look at it. I said, he won't even get a mile. He gets 1,800, boots away from them. Zaki eyeballs him at the 400 and he just went whooshka and the you know what's kicked in and he kept going. So he just kept fighting through the line. Mawanga was the other horse that I wanted to take out of that race. I thought he was exceptional through the line. I know Hugh Bowman gave him 700 cuts with the whip, but the horse lifted and I'm glad to see him back. He is up to this lot. He's at $12 this week. That's the saver. I didn't mind Zaki's run as well. I know that he ducked back to the inside. <laughs> we like them all. I know, I know. It's it's that type of race. Zaki sort of ducked back to the inside. You could tell he was at least one and a half runs short. Yeah. Definitely. Annabelle's left heaps in the tank. That Chelmsford was a trial. Absolute trial. Just, you know, ducked back to the inside once Alligator Blood and he thought, fuck, this is too hard. He just sort of threw in the towel. Mm -hmm. That was just a blowout for him. Just the conditioning blowout. 1,800. He'll be ready for this, but definitely ready for the Cox Plate. That's always been the target for this horse. So I'm not reading too much into last start. Happy to back up here. Animo. Fuck. Ned. Animo. The, there's, the question marks are clear. Like, he's obviously lame after a win, a massive win in the George Main. That's a big query. The other query is you've got grand final day on the 22nd of October after being lame. Mm. And then you get 240 here. There's the queries. Like, with, with all these horses, you know, faultless preparations, yep. all had hard runs. There's no queries over the talent, the class the jockey booking, the trainer. There's no there's no uh, queries at all. In that three seconds, I've made my mind up, he wins. 
Oh, he, he wins. At this stage, and this is coming from me, Ned, I basically back this horse every single start, whether he's $1.60 or $3, whatever it is, I basically back him. This week, I'm going to step out. Reason being, I look back to last prep, I see the Randwick Guineas, where they, they turned that horse up at 70%, and I know they did, just to get half a price for the Rose Hill Guineas. Mm-hmm. I knew that, I knew once I saw that happen, and I saw the way J-Mate rode him, I knew. They're going to ride him cold this week, there's enough speed on to make it even. It's his first look at 2,000. He cannot be 100% wound up. And they're also going to keep him in, in cotton wool a little bit because of how he turned up lame off the George Main. But if this horse only has two starts left for his entire career, which I Ooh. believe is true, I think if he goes out in a Cox Plate, and I believe he'll win the Cox Plate, yeah. I think if he, he has this start and one more, I just find it very difficult to believe that they're not going to be wound up. Maybe I'm trying to outsmart everyone. Maybe that's what's happening here, but what I think is going to happen is they're going to ride him cold. He'll be okay. He'll be good through the line, you know, all, all that sort of shit. The same way Converge beat him last prep. Converge should never beat this horse, and then all of a sudden we get $3.50 in a cox plate, and that's when I'm going to step in. Interesting. I'm with him. I, th- I think he'll win. Um, I don't know. I just can't find one to beat him. I- I'm happy to steer away from the other form lines. Look, Alligator Blood is just—he's just giving me the shits now. So he's—he's. He's, uh, I, I don't can't know. catch him. No, can't catch him. I just cannot catch the horse. Like, just yeah, no. Nah. Zaki for me, and I know we spent time on it. I think if he doesn't lead in his races, he nearly can't win. Yeah, that's a big call. That's my opinion. It's a big call. I think he needs to just be out in front. Free legs, yep. not next to a horse. I think when he went up the side of Alligator Blood the other day, he enjoyed running next to him more than in front of him. Yeah, that's that's a big call. And we saw he won first up in the tramway, leading, soft lead, not challenged. All-star mile was a similar run as well. Yeah, I can't knock that. Yeah. Anyway, it's interesting. Um, maybe if you have a listen to this, if you do get a chance to have a listen to this and you've just gone through our might and power thoughts, shoot us a message and let us know what you think because we're a little bit rattled as it is, but let us know. Well, let's, let's put a poll up for the punters. We were taking the piss during the week saying, let's put up four different pictures of Animo and ask <laughs> yeah. the punters who wins or even ask him who runs second. But let's just throw it up there and see who's going where with this. We, we haven't even mentioned I'm Thunderstruck. Have not even mentioned that horse. It's Absolute true, superstar. It? Golden Eagle winner. 2000. Superstar horse. 2000. He's probably not going to get it. Didn't get 1800 the other day. We could have serious egg on our face, couldn't we? Yeah. Um, as uh, who bombs them all? Benno bombs them all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Caulfield Guineas. Um, this is obviously a real stallion-making race. A couple of my favourite horses have won it, including the Autumn Sun. I know what a opinion of that horse you had. I did some crook shit today. I do crook shit all the time. Um, and this is probably top of the lot. He had nine starts for eight wins and a placing. Why do I know that? I watched all nine starts today start to finish again. I... School holidays absolutely fuck me, Jackson. It's a very dangerous place for you to have time and be alone in your thoughts, <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> oh, the Autumn Sun is a star. Um, look, Golden Mile comes down from a Golden Rose. He's $2.70 with J-Mac booked. Barclay Square, super impressive at Flemington last time out. He's $5. With t- Second again, tip at $6 last in the day a few weeks back. Second. Tijuana, $8, is there as well. Obviously coming off a nice Valley win with Amenable at 14s. Bank Moore is 18s with Elliptical at 18s as well. Meridius is 19 with Milan or Malane or Milane. However, depends what country you're in. $23. Fajita San is 23s. Aussie Panko is $23. The Fortune Teller, 26. Elkington Road, 34s with Sir Bailey at 34s. 
Lethal Thoughts, 41. Angry Skies, 41. Mirror Master, 61. Skyfios, 101. And Dashing, 101. I was going to stop and do my usual, and there's a couple more at the bottom that we're not interested, <laughs> but it's a group one. So I had, to, I had to give them the respect. Yeah. Golden Mile, 270 in a 48 horse field for the Guineas. He's Woo! the class. He's the class, though, but fuck, look, it, it's, you know what? It's the J-Mac tax. It's the Blue Jacket tax. It's everything. It's, it's everything a, put it, together. It's the punting tax. It's the punting tax, and, and that's why it's so hard to get ahead in this game for this fucking reason here. It's a horse that should be respected in the market, but should not be $2.90 or, or $2.80, 270 Fuck that. Anyway, in terms of the map, Fujita Sands drawn the widest and should roll forward and be positive. Osipenko is one that's got speed. Tijuana as well. Middlegate goes forward. And Golden Mile, interesting with him. Are they going to be two, three, four pairs back? How well are they going to leave? You'd imagine that J-Mac would have him positive. First look at the mile, though. So how conservative is he, is he going to be? He's a rider that doesn't leave much to chance. So you think he would be probably three to four pairs back and give the horse every possible. Elkington Road is another one that's drawn inside, has speed. There could be another one that boots up from middle and just has, all of a sudden, wants to go forward here. So the map was actually quite messy from that standpoint. Yep. I just think, Golden Mile, you touched on the price. The price is the price. We can't do anything about it. We've got to deal with what we've got in front of us. Yep. Is it a bet? Is it not a bet? At this stage, no bet for me on Golden Mile. I need to see 320, 330, somewhere thereabouts to be able to get interested. I, I think $4, to be honest. I don't know if we're going to get it. I don't even know if we'll get 330, let alone $4. Like I say, we talk about the tax before for J-Mac and the Blue Jacket. It's what you get here. Comes out of the Golden Rose. That's the race you want to be coming out of into this. There's another horse that comes out of that race into this, and that's Mullane. Mm-hmm. $21 this horse is at at the moment. Can you believe we've done this? Tell, it, tell them what happened today. So I'm there, I, I should have been working, but I was there doing a little bit of form uh, for the Caulfield Guineas, having a good look through all the runners. I just finished off a little paragraph in my notes about Mullane, the only horse I'd, I'd sort of written about in this uh, in this event. I get a text from Ned. We hadn't spoken most of the day. I had not spoken. Jeez, I don't mind Mullane. <laughs> don't, don't mind Mullane. I haven't fucking said anything to him. Not a word. Nothing. So anyway, of course, I send the, the, the picture of the notes and away we go. But <laughs> let's talk about the horse, right? Comes out of that same race as Golden Mile. Definitely should have finished closer. Would he have gone past Golden Mile? No. Is the horse advantage going up to a mile on the dry track? Yes. Yes, yes please. At $21, keep like keep me around. Like, fucking, oh, like, get me involved. Six bucks the place. Six bucks. Peter Moody has been quietly confident about this horse all the way. I don't imagine they would have had that horse 100% wound up for the Golden Rose. Even with that being said, still struck trouble. Yeah. Had massive interference for most of the straight. Once it got out, you saw the nose roll just poke out and just went through the line nice and nice and comfortably. I thought it was a very good prep run for this. Stepping up to the mile, this has always been the target, in my opinion. That's the way it appears. I think that's the horse at a knockout chance. That's the horse that I want to be with in a big field. Obviously, paying a ton of respect to Golden Mile. If we get three dollars fifty, I'm going to have to be on. Yeah. Simple as that. I know you want four dollars, but if it's three fifty, I'm on. The other horse at a massive, massive price. I think you mentioned it was forty-seven or forty-one for Lethal Thoughts. Forty-six. Forty-six for Lethal Thoughts at the moment. I'm looking at Sports Bet. We haven't been able to see this horse at its best this prep, simply because of the wet tracks. It just hasn't been able to find form. Does come out of some half decent form lines coming behind Kaboo and the like. That's pretty good form. The last time we saw this horse on a good track at the mile was the JJ Atkins. Mm. Absolutely slashing run. Got flushed out to the wider parts of the track. This was its two-year-old campaign. Sharp and smart and political debate, Quinella, that race. That's half-decent form for this. 
that's the horse at the KO chance that I think can improve going back on top of the ground. Mullane up to 1,600 for me. This is his go. It's been his target the whole time, as you mentioned, Jacko. Um, Moody, the confidence is a bit... It's a bit arrogant almost for a horse that hasn't done a lot this prep. Humble, quiet confidence. They just... They know. I think needs dry ground, personally, just from watching the way the horses run. I know he was super on the weekend in that Golden Rose, albeit he was behind traffic and still made up ground. I do think that soft five or better is probably what's going to suit him. If we get that, I'm going to have a serious crack at this place bet. I think it's a really nice chance. You know, we haven't given any respect to Barkley Square. Not, a, not an inch, which is wrong of us because he hasn't done a lot wrong. He's a big horse. Yep. He, look, he looks like the type of horse that w- would win a Caulfield Guineas. Yep. He'll probably even get further, maybe 2,000, that sort of setup. I've, I, I've got to pay some respect there. I actually... I don't know whether I can say whether I'm mean this or not, but I actually have him as a better chance than Golden Mile in this well, race. That's huge. That, he's a very professional horse, Barkley Professional. Square. Second again, Tib, I'll mention it again in the last at Flemington <laughs> on, that, on that clean up day that we had. Craig Williams had to give it every possible chance and check off yours two or three times and was still too good. That was a blanket go that day in a far inferior race. Golden Mile's coming out of the Golden Rose where it's up there bowling on speed. Zoo Tiger is the, I think he finished third in the Golden Rose. Yeah. He's probably going to start odds on if they do run in Sydney in a better, well, I don't say better race than this, a half decent race compared to this. That's the form you want to be with. In secret's a chance of getting a, a slot in the Everest. Jackano's already got a slot. These are the only horses that have finished ahead of Golden Mile. The, the price yeah. is probably deserved. I, tip, I tipped Golden Mile in the Golden Rose. We so did. Got, we did. We've, we got, we've got an opinion of the horse. Yeah. Tell me something. Yeah. Did you think he had a bit of a look around in the straight? I, th- I did. I thought he got either got lost or wasn't able to quicken when those the V8s turned on, basically. Because he went half a length in front of Zoo Tiger and ended up behind him. You that, saw, uh, you, yeah, just, you saw that in secret sort of turned the V8s on, and then he had a look at that horse come around the outside, and then Jack and O turned him on as well, and he sort of got lost for that. I want to say fifty to hundred meters. We said straight after the race though, the horse needs the mile mm-hmm. because he kept coming again on the line gets them all here, and gets a drive track. Yeah, I can see it. I can see why the punters have liked him. I just cannot take the price. Mullane is their each-way play there. Look, the next race, it's another Group 1. It's the two-rack handicap. Um, some nice horses have won this in the last few years, one of those being like Thunderstruck. Um, who's the other one? Tozen Stardom. Mm. Why I know that? <laughs> another crook. Oh, yeah, it's a crook story. Tozen Stardom. Tozen Stardom on the two-rack. That's the call. Um... I wish I win. Top of the market. Yep. Boom horse. Two dollars fifty. Tuvalu eight fifty. Gentleman Roy nine. Military expert nine fifty. Pinstripe is thirteens with Uncle Bryn at sixteen dollars. Your favourite horse. I know. Oh. <laughs> you love potting that thing. Character is nineteens. Law of indices at thirteens for James. Callsign Mav twenty six. Buffalo River twenty six dollars. Dallasan. I saw a stat today. Oh yeah. Dallasan. Mm-hmm. Twenty starts in group runs. Group ones. 10 top five finishes. Well, well, well he started in basically... one Well, yeah, but he started in basically every top group one over the mile to 2,000 metres you can find. He lined up in the Queen Elizabeth, didn't he? Did. Last prep. Round like, third. Fourth. This, this is the type of uh, field that this horse is coming out of. In fairness, they had to come back to Morfordville to get his next win, which was, I think it was his first win in two to three years. And Just Folk, who was a uh, you know half-decent horse... Should have beat him on the day and didn't beat him. <laughs> Halal's 31s with Converge at 34 as well. No Name Lane, $34. Banker's Choice and Winning Partner at 70s. Um, map, map. 
map <laughs> map is important here because fuck me, dude, there is speed on for a mile of them. How many um how many barriers do they need for this race? What do oh. they need? Six, seventeen. Have they got emergencies here? Nah, no, not, not all, on here, no. All getting a Guernsey. Buffalo River military <laughs> expert, gentleman Roy, no name lane, Tuvalu, all with speed. Mm. Who's gonna lead? Who's going to be ultra-aggressive? Buffalo River, this prep and last prep, they seem to be ultra-aggressive with that horse and they want one way, one way only. It's normally his, his um, outdoing. So, you know, that, that's the way that they're going to run that horse. Military expert will probably sit outside him. Gentleman Roy led military expert up last time out at Sandown. Bit of a sick result, that one. I don't want to bring up old wounds, Ned. But that horse can definitely lead as well. But there's pace inside him as well with fucking Tuvalu for Lindsay Smith. And like I said, no name lane. They're the first four or five in running. What do we get back from there? I think this absolutely sets it up for this favourite. Cannot find one to beat I Wish I Win. Couldn't find one to beat him last time. I know we sort of talked about Ayrton. The horse was too good. Was held up for a run at the 3-400. Ayrton had the clear air and was already booted away from the horse. Once they got clear running, it was over. Yeah. Absolutely over. Went straight past them. Jamie Carr eased up, eased up on him. Going through the Sickening. line. And Ayrton's a very, very good horse. To beat a horse in that manner after being held up, I believe what I saw. I believe what I saw first up. I believe what I saw second up. The horse will win this race with even luck. Hopefully, they do get even luck. It's going to take a good steer. Interesting with the jockey change. I know they've gone with the old firm this week with Luke Nolan. I don't know what happened with Jamie Carr, what's happened there. Um, but, you know, obviously, super horse. And I think it, it probably goes on to win this race. The one that I do want to take out of the other form line as well, which is the, uh, the Gentleman Roy... Your yep. military experts, he pinstriped. I want to take pinstriped out of that race. Uh, military expert and gentleman Roy controlled that race. They went forward. Nobody else was able to make up ground except pinstriped, who had excellent closing splits on that day. He has drawn, um, you know, half decent this week. Hopefully, they can be a bit more positive and aggressive with him out of the gates and not be too far away from this hot speed because he's the KO. I wish I'll win if even, even luck it's going to win. It is uncanny the comparisons you can make between this horse and I'm Thunderstruck in both their four-year-old campaigns. Both around the same amount of starts. I wish I win was reasonably um, lightly raced. Came over here from New Zealand as a lightly raced four-year-old. Has done absolutely nothing wrong since coming with two wins. I think this horse with 54.5 kilos will win this race, and I think he'll go forward and win a Golden Eagle, which is the exact same path that I'm Thunderstruck did last year. Um, Look, Moody's flying. I wish I wins flying. I just think, including the pace in this race, two dollars fifty. I don't know what price he'll start. Like he could. I think it's shorter. I think it's shorter. crook, isn't it? Because like, you know you'd have to say that the form line that he's come out of, Ayrton form, is better than what we've seen from the other horses in the market. Two will lose the one that mixes things up a little bit, brings a little bit of X factor. I think the horse will start shorter. We're filming on Thursday night. It's uh, it's very hard to argue. He's, he's going to be a star. Um, Gentleman Roy, for me, I'm obviously a, a massive fan of the horse. I think that he's just a tough on pacer. Don't be surprised to see him finish in the top four. Um, and is is the market completely disrespecting call sign, Mav? A little bit. The, the only guy's up a kilo with a similar, yeah. similar-ish field. Oh, the massive booking of Jamie Mott. Like, he's the most underrated jockey, hands down. Most underrated jockey and deserved a group one with this horse. The big concern is going to be wet track to dry track for this yep. horse. And in a much harder event. I know that there's a few runners come out of that field. Um, but Jay Mott gave him just an absolute peach last time. Won't get the same run here, I would suspect. And also back on top of the ground, which is the disadvantage. 
Final race on the Caulfield card is the Sennett Northwood Plume Stakes. It's so over 1,200 metres. We've got Zapateo, top of the market for Ollie and Cummings at 2.20. Turath, $8 first up. Another award is 9.50. Then you've got a Walla Runner, Written Beauty at 14s. Serides is 15s with Decent Rain at 17s. And Chassis at 19s as well. Uh, Vespertine is 19s with Zuzarella, Ancient Girl at 23s. And there's a couple more down the bottom there as well, as I like to say, when I don't like anything at big odds. Wow. Wow. April Lemur rolls forward for the White Gate. <laughs> Ancient Girl is drawn to pole, goes forward. True Art first up with Damien Lane on board is positive and jumped the broom not too far away. That horse, I think it won its first four starts and then fell away very sharply form-wise. So they're the first four in running. Sarah Des not too far away. Chassis has has shown speed as well. Another horse that's first up. So it's all about intent here in terms of the map. Ned, I spent a good amount of time looking through this race, runner by runner. I tried to look around her. She's a genuine star. If people are saying Chain of Lightning a star, Zapata is a fucking star. Agree. Comes out of the right form lines. There's no Chain of Lightning here. There's no Eduardo here. These are the form lines that this horse is coming through. Like I say, I tried to work around her. She was just much too good last time. Yes, it was a wet track. We're going back to dry here, but she still excels on the dry as well. She's just simply a good horse. Excellent record. Again, you get the tax as well. You know, D. Oliver, not J-Mac this time, but it is the Blue Jacket tax, and you have to admit that. I don't know if I'm too excited about the price, but the more I look at this race, the more I keep coming back to her. There'll be enough speed on for her. She'll sort of be oh, probably four to five pairs back. As long as they're making up ground, I think they're going to get off the fence by this time of the day. It is race 10. She'll be too good, surely. If it's a soft five or better, like what do you? what's your honest opinion? Like That's got to be a bit of a negative. I'd want to see more of a price. I'd want to see yeah. more of a price because if we still... What's she at at the moment? 220. Two, that's very, very tight. Very, very tight in the market. You would think that if it sticks to the, you know, let's say good four, that she wouldn't be 220. If she is still 220, you taper the bet a little bit. You don't be as, you know, head first, chips in, that sort of thing. But, you know, she turns up in the last tier like she did those couple of weeks back. Chain of Lightning is an excellent horse. You know, massive right, really on it. Ability. Yeah. You know, was unbeaten up until that point. Zapote went Wooshka straight past her. I can't find one to beat her either. Um, Turath is a horse I have a massive opinion of in terms of getting to a mile. First up, it's just, that's the knock, it, realistically. If, if this was second, third up against Zapoteo, I'm probably keen, but mm. I'm keen to see where this horse gets to in the preparation. I think it'll be running in that big race on Derby Day, that Mare's Mile race. Oh, okay, yeah. The, uh, the Mire Classic, the old yeah, Mire Classic. Yeah, what's it called these days? Fuck, there's a few headed there. It's like a Kennedy Mile, but uh, not the Kennedy Mile. Something else. The Golden Mile? Nah. nah, nah. Uh, anyway, nah. she'll be there. If I'll you can think of it, it, let me know. Yeah. Turalth will be there. Zapateo will be winning this one, I believe. If we get a soft five, soft six, it's just good night. So it'll be hopefully... Empire Rose. The Empire Rose stakes. Well done, Jackson. Usually, that's something that we we like to pride ourselves on. We know most of the race names, and we've done it again there. Um, yeah, Zapateo in the last for me as well. Um, yeah. Righto. Well, wrap it up. Had enough? Yeah, let's let's leave it there. Done. Shut the laptop. Turn the, uh, turn the volume off. Had enough? Yeah, that'll do. That'll do. You sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing on your mind. No, no. Not one thing. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm clean. All right, mate. Well, just as clean. Thanks very much for listening in, guys. It's <laughs> every time, every time. Talk to me, West. It's best. West is best, guys. We are going to race nine. Kalgoorlie. <laughs> oh no! No, hang on, hang on. Kalgoorlie, <laughs> Belmont, wherever the fuck they run over there. 
We're back at HQ. We are back, guys. Ascot has had a 39-week layoff. Belmont managed to pick up the slack for the last 79 weeks, and we get back to Ascot. Thank God we can step in with a bit of confidence. (laughs) That's what we're doing here. What what sort of ground are we working with over there after 26 weeks off? So the gravel is at a soft five. It looks like they've had a little bit of uh, rain over on the, uh, the tarmac over there at Ascot, on the old runways over there, so... Good to see them back at HQ. Chris Parnham is still a no-show. Must be suspended. We'll have to reach out to him. Good friend of the show, obviously. Chrissy boy, where you're at, let us know. Um, we need you back. I need you back for the best Western. This week, in any way, we're going back to all show. So this is race nine. It's over the 1,000 metres. It's a three-year-old event, one of the features on the day at Ascot. Race nine, number six, all show. Horses unbeaten, two from two. Oh, sorry, should be unbeaten. It's uh, one win and one second from two starts. Its last win in a similar event to this was exceptional. Set up on the speed, was not touched until the two th- uh, the 200 metres and kicked away from them beautifully. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brain them at the end of the day. And it won like a very, very smart horse and looked to have stakes potential. WA stakes potential, I'm saying. Benchmark 40 potential. Bench, you know, like rated 38s, restricted 30s, <laughs> that, that type of stuff. It should be taking care of this lot. The one that scares me is number two, Top of the Pops, the previous Best Western winner. That horse is turning up first up. It's the only danger I can see. It's unbeaten, but it needs 1,200 plus, that horse. All show is a dead set sprinter, needs the 1,000 metres. It's a speed machine, drawn the pole, jumps on the bunny, goes straight forward and should be too good for this lot. The best is West and Jackson. You've been finding them left, right and centre at the moment, so keep on trucking. Um, best bets for me, Caulfield. Um, oh, did we want to go through any races in Sydney? Or oh, I thought Mr. Mozart in the eighth event over there would be hard to beat. I don't know if you want to touch on the race or not, but I thought he would be very, very hard to beat over there. Obviously, first up, we touched on that he was a horse we wanted to follow. There's a couple of other fancy runners in that market as well, but I just think he's going to be too good for that lot. Um, you know, gets a heavy deck this week as well. We can go through it. So, Silver Eagle... Um, Look, the reason we didn't want to go through this at the moment is it is looking like Randwick's most likely going to be moved to Monday. That's the rumour. We don't even know if we're going to get a fucking track. You know, like we don't know if we're going to get a meeting in. So they're saying Monday is the rumour I'm hearing. Um, So yeah, we we just wanted to stay nice and um, positive. With we know Caulfield, what they're going to throw up for us. So we just wanted to stick to that direction. If Randwick does run, we will be posting a a tip sheet. We might even potentially do just a short ten minute podcast tomorrow. Mr. Mozart heads that market, 370, Waterford 750 with Star Tons. Um, Espiona's going around again, Kissam, Lock Eagle, these sort of horses. I think Mr. Mozart and Waterford are deserving top two in the market. They're obviously both heading in the right direction for a Golden Eagle. Yeah, I think he's the one. Waterford is a big sort of call to go towards a Golden Eagle coming out of 78s, but we know Chris Wallace got an opinion because he normally works his horses through the grades. 78s, 80s, 100s, etc., etc., listed race. Bang, we see him in a very, very good race here with depth coming off a 78. So there's there's something stinks about that horse. I'd definitely be saving on it. But as far as a bet, I am going with Mr. Mozart. Has drawn the widest gate, so it is going to have to whip across them and probably does a bit of work in doing so. But the horse is fit. Second up now, the big advantage is it gets the wet track if they go ahead at Realmic on Saturday, and I can't find one outside of him and Waterford to be with. Best bets for me, Caulfield. So race two, Old Flame. Um, just... I just really like the form lines that's coming through. I thought it was a fantastic run. 
uh, second up, and I think it's looking to peak here on dry ground down in Caulfield. Um, Paul Laley, I think, again, really tough to beat. This is a nice little tune-up run leading into t- a week's time in the Everest, potentially, mm. for a Godolphin slot. Um, and then of the roughies that I like for the day, I like Mullane. I know you also like it. Um, and I'm a bit of a fan of race four, Nicolino Vito, at a nice digestible price. Digestible. They're very digestible. <laughs> best bets for me, obviously the best Western. Um, we touched on it before. Paul Lally, I 100% agree with you for all the, the reasons you just mentioned there. I did mind Williamsburg as well in race seven. Again, if they go ahead with Randwick, that's the caveat. Are they going to get go ahead with the track? If they do, this horse eats up the ground on the quick backup, 1,800 metres, no problem. The favourite, sharpest, smartest, first up on a heavy deck, no thanks. Williamsburg for me at $4. It's been a absolutely mammoth podcast. We've covered literally a whole meeting at Caulfield, and for very good reason. It's good racing on the weekend. If you're having a beer at the pub, if you're having a beer at the races, or if you're just sitting by yourself at home, having a, uh, a good time watching the horses, good luck on the punt, and hopefully we find you a few winners. All the best, guys. Cheers. Cheers, legends. Bye.